We're looking at Isaiah chapter 58. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. Otherwise, it will be on the screen. Isaiah chapters 58, and we will read all 14 verses. Could we stand for the reading of God's Word, just as a sign of respect for the authority that's over our lives? And I'll be reading from the NIV version. It says this, Shout it aloud, and do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion, and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out, They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting you do as you please, and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, and in striking each other with a wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loosen the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and He will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, Then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Father in heaven, thank you for the precious gift of your word. It is your word that guides and directs us in the way that we should go. Your word, Father, is true nourishment. Your word is truth. 
And by your truth, you have made us free. May the time we spend today to hear your word be fruitful. And may the thoughts and intentions of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, our Father. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, today we're continuing our devoted series. Hashtag devoted. Hashtag awesome. We are in part five of the series today, and we're discussing the spiritual discipline. It's your favorite one. Fasting. Amen. Concise definition of fasting is the refraining of food for a spiritual purpose. The refraining of food for a spiritual purpose. No doubt there are all types of fasting, some for health reasons, some for various other reasons. In fact, uh, most major religions uh, and, and ways of thought have, uh, have various types of fastings, but those aren't the types of fastings we're talking about today. Today we're discussing fasting as it is taught in the Bible, okay? taught in the Word of God. And today is going to be a little bit less preaching and a little bit more teaching. And I just ask for your patience as we, as we move through it. From our passage in Isaiah, the first observation that we can make is that God desires to teach us what true fasting is all about. What it is and what it isn't. The ESV notes that Isaiah is commanded to confront the hypocrisy of God's people with boldness and to clarify the true path to God's blessing. The people were indeed fasting in this passage, yet in a manner that missed the heart of God. In the book, Celebration of Discipline, the one that we're paralleling with the series that we're in, uh, the opening quote of our chapter on fasting is John Wesley. You can see it on the screen. It says this, Some have exalted religious fasting beyond all scripture and reason, and others have utterly disregarded it. What Wesley is saying is this, when it comes to fasting, there are really two basic errors we can make. I'm sure there's more errors, but maybe two that we'll highlight today. The two errors are excess and shortage, legalism and lawlessness. In other words, we can focus on fasting too much or not enough. We can exalt fasting to a place that it becomes an end unto itself, or we can completely disregard it altogether. We can make fasting something of just a tradition, just something that we continue to do, something that Isaiah is pointing out in our text, or it can be disregarded. Both are errors of equal gravity because on both accounts we can miss the true intent of fasting. And because of that we miss the heart of God. Another component to this discussion is that we live in a culture that virtually worships food. I'm touching on some, uh, some nerves today, I think. Um, you don't have to drive very far before you see the altars to the golden arches. You don't have to go very far before you're bombarded by billboards and temples erected to the devotion of food. The Holy Spirit spoke through the words of the Apostle Paul uh, to the church of Philippi. He says this, I think I have it here. Yes, chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. For as I have often told you, 
before and now, tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, says this, and their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. More than that, our culture has believed several myths concerning fasting. Namely, that fasting is something that only monks or the super-religious fanatics do. Fasting is, is actually something only, uh, if, you're, if you're so legalistic, that's something that you'd partake in. That's a myth. The second one is that fasting is actually negative for your health. People think that if you go a couple days without eating uh, food, uh, that y- you would die or that you would face major adverse health circumstances. Now, uh, there are some health conditions, uh, particularly if someone is taking medications that do preclude uh, the ability to fast. But generally speaking, if you are are fasting and you're you're following some guidelines, some very simple uh, guidelines to it, fasting can actually be very beneficial for your health and also for your devotional life, your spiritual life before God. There's many, many benefits. Firstly, let's talk about fasting in the Bible. And uh, what about some of the positive outcomes from developing ourselves in the spiritual discipline of fasting? We should note that we would be hard-pressed to find a character in the Bible that did something substantial or great things for the kingdom of God that didn't make fasting a priority in their life. Instead, we read about Moses who fasted, even went, went supernaturally fasting. David, Elijah, Prophet Daniel and Isaiah all fasted. Esther, she fasted. The Apostle Paul, and in particular, Jesus. Not only is there uh, biblical witnesses to fasting, but also throughout the ages, some of the great men of women of God have all fasted. It says this in in Matthew chapter 4, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was, say it with me, Jesus was hungry. Jesus was hungry. Now, is fasting a command? Is fasting a command in the Bible? I would say the short answer is no. It's not explicitly commanded Jesus doesn't show up and command his disciples to fast, but he just assumes it. He assumes that they will fast because it says this in Matthew 6, 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. As noted, there are several passages in Scripture that speak to the spiritual discipline of fasting, but the one I'd like to highlight today, apart from Isaiah 58, which is our text, is this particular verse in Matthew 6. Here again, like the passage in Isaiah, Jesus is contrasting what God's people were doing when they fasted versus what the true motivation and attitude in fasting ought to be. 
It seems that very little had changed from the days of the prophet Isaiah to the days of Jesus. Fasting was ritualized and became an end unto itself. God's people were wearing sackcloth and spreading themselves with ashes to display humility. And yet this display became more of a show than anything else. It outwardly declares one's piety with the intent of gaining respect from one's peers rather than the true purpose of fasting, which is to glorify God and seek to please Him. And Jesus was rebuking them for it. Notice that Jesus doesn't say if you fast, but when you fast. The ESV notes that Jesus assumes that His disciples will fast. Although fasting isn't explicitly a command or commanded by Jesus, Foster notes that it is clear from this passage that Christ both upheld the discipline of fasting and anticipated that his followers would do it. I love uh, one of the quotes in, in the book from Foster. And he says this, To do, that's not it, to, do, to use good things to our own ends is always a sign of false religion. To use the good things that God has given us, like fasting, to our own ends, is always a sign of false religion. Let's move on to the purpose of fasting. Let's take a look at the parallels from what Isaiah writes to what we have in the book of James. Isaiah states in verse 3, Why have we humbled ourselves and and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting... You do as you please and exploit all your workers. Now compare that with James chapter 4, verse 3. It says this, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. In both cases, the issue is the same. Isaiah rebukes those who fast, yet are fasting incorrectly, because they're seeking God only to have their own desires fulfilled. James Likewise, rebukes those who pray only with their own desires in mind. Isaiah and James are wondering why the people of God seem to be so shocked about all of this. It shouldn't be a surprise that their fasting doesn't have an impact. It shouldn't be a surprise that their prayers go unanswered because in both cases, they are seeking God with false motives. And that's why Jesus is very clear about having the right heart and the right attitude and the approach to fasting. As the body of Christ, we we look at that passage in in the Sermon on the Mount in in Matthew chapter 6, and we see Jesus talks about praying. When you pray, pray like this. When you give, give like this. And when you fast. And it seems like we don't have a problem about the whole prayer bit or the giving bit. We seem to do well in those two areas comparatively. But when it comes to fasting, this really is one of the neglected spiritual disciplines that are meant to bless us and to bring us closer to the God whom we serve. Now, apart from the correct motive for fasting, there are several other purposes that the Bible makes note of. We'll look at two of them. First, that fasting glorifies God because it reminds us that food does not sustain us, but God does. Matthew 4.4 4 points out that we do not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. God is our source. Secondly, Foster writes, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. 
fasting intentionally turns up the heat. More than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. I don't know, maybe you've seen this image this past week. If you're a hockey fan, an NHL fan, um, this past week I saw a video clip of an NHL hockey game between the Calgary Flames and the Nashville Predators. And there's a player on the Calgary Flames by the name of Dennis Weidman. And uh, he, he got hit up against the boards, and he was a, bit, uh, a little bit out of it. And he's making his way to the bench. And you can really see in the video that he's, he's very frustrated. Um, and on his way to the bench, he hits a referee very hard in the back knocking the referee to the ice. And this is the actual picture of the referee uh, on the ice. Now, there's discussion as to the intent that Weidman had and a possible suspension is, uh, is um, still up in arms. I think they're deciding whether or not they're going to give him 10-game suspension or a 20-game suspension. But my, my point of, of bringing up this illustration is this, is that hockey, like most professional sports, is played with world-class intensity. Okay, it's, it's, it's a passionate game. It's a fast-paced game. Even just the pace of the game, the cheering of the fans, the, athlete, the elite athleticism needed all work together to bring about a tremendous amount of pressure on the players. And it is under this intentional pressure that the true colors of one's character come out. Now, if you ask me, I would say these guys are elite players. He, he, he had some intention, but I don't want to pass any judgment. But just from the video evidence, that's what it looks like. And it's, it's amazing to see that when you're playing that game of hockey, they're intentionally facing that pressure. And that's what uh, causes their true character to come forward. And there's nothing like fasting to turn up the heat on your life. Fasting is similar in that it intentionally puts us under pressure. It alleviates us from anesthetizing ourselves with food and forces us to deal with issues and stresses before God in prayer rather than self-medicating with a meal. Fasting turns up the heat. And remember that even with precious metals, impurities lie dormant unless they are purified by fire. But when the heat is on, the impurities rise to the surface so that they can be removed and the metal is that much more pure as a result. This is the fast I have chosen, to loosen the bonds of wickedness and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. As we look at the practice of fasting, I'd like to invite up Brother Chelson and Brother Jonathan, who is going to share a brief testimony with us. Would you come? So, um, yeah, like Pastor Jordan said, my name is Shelson, and um, about oh, well, a few weeks ago, I went on a 10-day fast. So, basically, I didn't eat any solid, uh, well, a 10-day juicing fast. Techni- uh, basically, I didn't eat any solid foods uh, during the whole 10 days, only blended juices, uh, blended vegetables and fruits. Um, many people, especially at school, they ask me, what I was doing with this kind of green substance juice, and if ever I was, uh, like how, what I did to not uh, 
you know, to not feel hunger or anything like that. But the answer was simple. During the whole 10 days of fasting, although I wasn't eating any food, I was feeding myself with the Word of God. Um, during the whole 10 days, the Word really fulfilled my, uh, like it really filled the empty space that was usually filled with food and everything else. Um, but not only fulfilling me in that way, it kept me away from any type of temptations, especially uh, walking down the streets of Montreal. I found out we have a lot of food everywhere. Um, yeah, well, with the word, I really found a bunch of scriptures that uh, that pointed out how to, how I could fight temptations in not only food ways, but any type of things that could come in our lives uh, in every, every any every given moment. Um, Sorry. Well, yeah, um, fasting was a big blessing to me because, uh, first of all, this was the first time I ever felt really hungry for the word of the Lord. Um, you really see, you really find an emptiness inside you once everything is out of you. Um, and through this emptiness, you can really find what God needs to tell you because you can accept, you can e more easily accept Him into your life more in like a more in-depth way. And um, fasting has many different uh, advantages. Um, the biggest one to me was prayer. Within the fast, uh, I spent a lot of time within prayer. Prayer was no longer only a ritual, like uh, asking for him to help me with this or that, asking him to keep me safe or healthy, but it was more of an intimate speak with God, with someone that's always there to listen. And um, it just feels different when you feel so light, enlightened, and with nothing to distract you, just alone yourself with God. And um, yeah, uh, I just wanted to end with this passage. You can find in Deuteronomy 8, verses 3. It says, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Thank you. Uh, so I started a fast for seven days, um, only on water. Uh, that was the 17th of January, so uh, two Sundays ago. Um, to be honest, um, I did not want to uh, do the fast. I would say maybe at the beginning of January, I, I had a few thoughts about it, and God was leading me into the fasting, but I was like, Father, I know I need to prepare for this mission trip, but can I just pray, <laughs> or can I give? But um, I just saw that I really needed this forced measure to deepen my intimacy with God. And there's absolutely nothing like, like fasting, to be honest. The, the first few days, um, because I've experienced a few, I felt pretty confident, but then it starts to hit you. Um, every time your stomach is aching, you're always remembered, and you're always asking yourself, why am I doing this? And that always directs you towards the word it always directs you towards god and he's just blessed me in so many ways during those seven days 
Another point I just want to uh, say about fasting is I had a, uh, a discussion with my dad. He, he was talking to me about how he uh, got into ministry and a, a bit about his life. And it was in the last days of my fasting. And for, for one reason, um, which I'll not share, uh, I was thinking of ending a bit earlier. And he was talking to me about how, how making a vow to God, you have to make sure you complete it. It is something crucial and important to his ears. But uh, it's also that fasting is not about numbers, right? Sometimes you can take, well, I told a few people here and there, but it's really meant to be something that is kept secret, something that is really between you and God. And it truly uh, deepens your understanding of who he is, your love for him, because you actually learn to hunger and thirst for his word, like physically, because you see that he sustains you over those seven days. And my knees were shaking at, on some days, but to be very honest, uh, I would go right away and pray. And after a good like 40 minutes of prayer, I felt like I, I drank uh, like an energy uh, juice or something. It's just, it's the way it works. So it was great. And there's maybe one passage I might want to share. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's a passage with, along with uh, Matthew 16, 24 to 25, which has been very important for me over the last maybe six months. And it's always of, because there's, there's this danger in missions when you manufacture a heart for missions. Uh, this was uh, talked about uh, by David Platt when we were at Urbana, that truly the biggest danger is going in the mission field and doing all sorts of things and, you know, in your head thinking that you're glorifying God, but truly the heart is absent. And at some point there's going to be a burnout. So I just, during this whole month, I've been really seeking God all along to prepare me because, I mean, Yes, packing and doing my vaccinations are important, but beyond that, it's just to have the heart ready for this. And this passage really helps me to, to see the importance of God's word. It's Jeremiah 17, starts at verse 5. This is what the Lord says, Curse is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes, they will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jesse. I wanted to bring them up here um, just because uh, it's just amazing what's happening even amongst our young people who are taking that time to, to uh, set apart. And there's several of them who are fasting, but we only had time for two to come up. Um, some of them are fasting food. Some of them are fasting even social media, uh, getting off of the computer and getting off the internet during their exam period and just wanting to make sure that they're not distracted. And so they're fasting uh, various things in their lives. And so we're just very pleased about what God is doing. And if you want more practical information about what fasting is all about, how to begin small, um, 
really going into it is not the big issue. It's really coming out of the fast, that you don't want to go eat a whole turkey uh, when you're done. And they'll be talking about it more on Wednesday night. But to bring a conclusion this morning, there's a couple quotes from Foster that I would, I would close with. First, he writes this, Although the physical aspects of fasting intrigue us, we must never forget that the major work of scriptural fasting is in the realm of the spirit. Second, he writes, fasting can bring breakthroughs in the spiritual realm that will never happen in any other way. It is a means of God's grace and blessing that should not be neglected any longer. James, would you come? For us in the West, fasting is one of the greatest untapped tools in the arsenal of the Christian disciplines. Through fasting, one can emerge with a whole new sense of clarity and purpose and direction for one's life. Done with the right motives, there are numerous benefits, both spiritual and physical, that we forfeit because of neglecting to develop this discipline in our lives. Let's commit to growing in the Lord, to discipline, to devotion as we seek to live lives that display our devotedness to him and his will. Let's pray. Father, our prayer, Father, is that the chains of injustice would be broken, that the poor would be taken care of, that your light would shine forth from us, that your healing would be upon us, that your righteousness would go before us, that our prayers would be heard by you, that our fast would not be to please ourselves, but bring glory to you alone. God, to you alone would we be devoted.
Father, again, our prayer is that the chains of injustice would be broken, that the poor would be taken care of, that your light would shine forth from us, and that your healing would be upon us, that your righteousness would go before us, and that our prayers would be heard by you, that our fast would not be to please ourselves, but bring glory to you alone. God, that to you alone we would be devoted. Amen. God bless you this morning. And uh, please feel free to come tonight, 6.30, for our Sunday nights at Snowden Worship Service.